Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the Art Beauty Podcast, where we tell the real truth about the fake shit. We are unsponsored, unbranded, and quite frankly, unafraid to ask the questions that you want answers to. Today, my fabulous co-host is Dr. Jessica Weiser. She is a board-certified dermatologist and owner and founder of Weiser Skin MD down in the very fabulous Soho. Dr. Weiser, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Great to talk to you. I mean, I feel like this is going to be like a little Groundhog Day-ish for you probably because we actually recorded this podcast like right before coronavirus hit. And I mean, I feel like at the time we were like, yeah, this will be like a week or two. Exactly. Um, That was exactly where we were at that point. And clearly we've come a little bit of a long way four months later, but um, it's been a ride. How the heck are you doing? I'm doing okay. A lot better um, back to be in the office. So happy yeah. to be working. Um, it's a little bit crazy to be a new business owner that has to close. So I'm definitely, you know, relieved and grateful that patients are interested and excited to come back and just that very, very little bit, you know, bit of self-care that people have been so missing um, to be able to provide that again has been really wonderful. So I can't complain. I mean, I don't want to, and you don't have to share this with us, but I will say you have a beautiful Soho office, like basically above the Chanel store. So I, I have to imagine <laughs> that, 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 that's not been an easy rent to have to sustain. So I'm glad that you're back open and yeah, I, you know, it was a crazy couple of months. We were closed about 12 weeks. Um, wow. So we weren't closed forever. And I'm grateful that what I do provides me with enough flexibility that, you know, a couple of months rent was not horrific. Yeah. Um, my landlord is wonderful and they are doing a little bit of rent deferral, nothing too crazy, but trying to be appropriate and trying to be helpful. So I'm grateful to them that they're at least kind. Yeah. Um, I mean, this has been so nuts for everyone. I do have to say though, you look fabulous. Thank you. I can't say that it's out of any, you know, procedure or any treatment, but, um, I always say that, you know, when you love what you do, you sort of feel good about it. I'm clearly like still in my scrubs from the day. I didn't really have time to, uh, change into any kind of normal clothing, but. Right. um, Well, you must be busy, but I mean, you know, was, do you think that like personally, because I I feel like pre-coronavirus, pre-COVID, you were so busy. You're busy, busy, busy. Um, And I'm sure you're busy again. Do you feel like uh, a little bit that this maybe gave you a couple months, 12 weeks to slow down at all? Yes and no. So I have two kids. So it's a very different kind of work when you're home. I think it gave us some real quality time, which, um, we don't get a lot of, I am a little bit of a workaholic. And so I'm not home a huge amount. And this was the first time I think ever as a family that we've had dinner together every single night, um, 
for many months. I joke that during the week, if I get home between 7.30 and eight o'clock, my kids are not waiting for me to have dinner. Um, but now that I'm back to work, they're a little bit more flexible and a little bit more eager to do things as a family and have a little bit more of that time together. So that's some, really you know, nice. Silver lining. Yeah. I mean, look, we all have to try to find the silver lining in all of this. So, okay. What has everybody been like racing to the office to come get? I mean, my number one has to be Botox. Um, I think that being on Zoom calls all day and looking at your face in a way that you've never really looked at your face before, um, I think really changes the whole landscape of how you feel about yourself. Usually you glance in the mirror a few times a day or you spend whatever it is, 15 minutes in the morning putting on some makeup, but there's rarely a time in life where you spend hours with your own face on a screen. This is literally my 10th Zoom today because it's a record day. So we are, you know, moving and shaking. I I would like to say this though. Botox, have it, love it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Good skincare. Absolutely. But also people get a ring light. You've heard me say it before. A ring light is going to change your world. It's going to change. I mean, it's just also learn how to angle your camera. If you have an, a camera coming up at your neck from below, all you're seeing is neck and chin and jowls. And if you get a little bit of natural light or you get a ring light or you have a camera that's properly angled, it really does change the game. Yeah. Um, I joke that I'm not on Zoom very frequently, but if I am, it's always by a window or in a pretty space or something so that I don't feel intimidated or sort of, you know, I don't feel withdrawn from the conversation because I'm looking at myself going, oh no, I have to, you know, sort of cower or hide from the, you know, video image. So I agree with you that there's a lot of things that you can do to make it, to tweak it and make it just right. Now I haven't been down to your neighborhood. Um, Is it, and I know up here, uptown, like all of the restaurants are outside. People are, Mm -hmm. people are wearing masks, but it feels very European. I have to imagine that down in Soho, it's like epic. It's interesting. Soho is a very interesting combination of very quiet and almost a little depressive and very hopeful with some of the restaurants. It is not uniformly open down here. There are a lot of retail stores that are still closed. There are a lot of restaurants that have not reopened. Um, But there is a feeling of sort of new life. Um, Restaurants in the street in Soho is definitely a whole new world for us. It's very interesting to walk on the street. They are not on the sidewalk. And I don't know about, I haven't been uptown um, a huge amount, but a lot of the places on the, you know, on the Upper West Side have established sort of a sidewalk cafe. Down here is little cordoned off sections of the actual road. Yeah. You know what? On the Upper East, it's both. Like they have some, um, some on the sidewalk, some on the street. I have to admit like the, the being on the street, on the side streets isn't bad, but on the avenues, it's like a little bit. You're like the huge truck, like flying past your meal. It's a little bit odd. We it's have not been out a huge amount. Um, it's just been too many things to juggle. So we've been mostly still home. And like, what's going on with like the luxury stores? Because we do know, um, you know, New York during um, some of the uh, looting, Soho mm-hmm. was hit pretty. Soho was hit very hard. hard. Um, the jewelry store in the lobby of my building was completely decimated. <gasps> no, was um, that Monica Vinader? Not Monica Vinader, the APM Monaco store, which is just um, on the other side of my doorway. Um, But they hadn't emptied cases and I just felt so badly for them because 
everything was ripped apart. The cases were torn open. There was glass everywhere. And as I said, I stand behind, you know, the protests and the strong feelings. And I think that they're really worthwhile, but the destruction was really sad. Yeah. Uh, And I I think that, well, you know, again, from, I, I believe that it was two very distinct things, right? Like the looters were one group with, and, and they kind of used the protests yeah. as, um, a, a, as a backdrop and, you know, taking advantage of this um, very meaningful movement to, you know, really wreak havoc. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think that there's two different components to it, but there are still <sighs> stores down here that have boards up. Yeah. Um, so I would say that probably a third of the stores here still have boards up. Some of the restaurants have left the boards up and they have put hinges on them. Yeah. So that at night when they close up, they're still boarded. And during the day, they sort of open up the doors and allow it to be sort of free for traffic or for people coming in and out. It's very interesting. But the one thing about Soho that I have to say is so just unbelievable is the amount of art history that has gone into the board. It is inspiring and beautiful. And there's, you always see artists out painting and there's been a lot of really fantastic. And as I said, inspiring, beautiful things that have come of this. So I do feel like people have made it into a way to voice, you know, how they feel, which is really a different take on the whole process. So it's sort of nice in that sense. Yeah, New Yorkers are strong. We're tough. We're loving, as Cuomo said. Um, and you know what? We'll 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 pull through. But I guess you know it. It feels so different from neighborhood to neighborhood. So yeah. um, you know, thank you for sharing and for all those people in Soho. That's actually where I was. I was born up at Lenox Hill, but we lived in Soho when I was oh. a, a baby. Yeah, on Houston and Green Street. Um, if you're right so, nearby, you know. So my love to my people downtown. Yeah. Um, so. Getting back to now, all of like the tea on what's going on in your office, do you feel like people, like the work from home, I know we said that uh, Zoom is making people really focus on their faces, but do you think people are taking advantage of working from home to maybe get a little bit more intense procedures done? Yeah. Absolutely. I joke that I've never seen more people in the middle of July dying to do like full facial resurfacing. And you sort of look at them and you go, well, it's really not sun friendly. It's not a great time of year. And they go, I promise you, I won't leave my house. Right. Um, It is the best time I can get away with it. Intense, you know, deep chemical peels, major laser treatments, even things with less downtime, but just the idea that they can sit in the office and have, you know, anesthesia done for an hour, or they can come in, you know, there's so much more flexibility in that work from home schedule than there is when you're sitting in the office all day. It's really hard at three o'clock to walk out with your boss sitting next to you. But if your boss is across the city or out of the city and you're still able to work and you're still able to perform, um, really there's no harm done and you can sort of accomplish multiple things at the same time. So yes, absolutely taking advantage of the efficiencies. I mean, I'm one of them. Okay. So it hasn't happened yet. We're recording this a little bit early in prep. Um, I've told you this, I am getting the girls lifted and, um, enhanced. Uh, and so, I, a part of what I did is, and I took the time off because it's a pretty intense surgery, but I was taking advantage of the fact that my husband's going to be home um, and working from home and can help me because I think Absolutely. they say you can't lift your arms for 
Yeah. A couple of days. At least. Yeah. But I have to imagine too, that people are coming in for like, you know, the Fraxels. And like you said, the, Mm -hmm. do you do CO2 laser? You do. Mm -hmm. You, I remember you told me that. Yeah. I do fractionated CO2. I mean, I have a fully ablative CO2 that's non-fractionated also, um, which I use a lot less, but um, I do fractionated CO2, but we're talking a full week of scabbing. You know, it's not, it's not tame. Um, And people are like, yes, absolutely. Or people coming in for even, you know, more minor procedures where they're like, go a little bigger, like lip filler, where they're like, well, I'm wearing a mask most of the time anyway, fill me a little more than you normally would. And you're sort of like, oh, all of this is, is hidden. Well, I, I told Dr. Kolker, I'm like, if I'm on the table and you're like, should I go a little over, a little under? I'm like, go a little over, <laughs> go a little over, go uh, a little bigger. Um, yeah, which is you a know. really funny plastic surgery conversation that I've had with 1 million patients where they go, well, if I start with my plastic surgeon and you know, he's on, I'm on the table and I'm under, I won't know if it looks better or worse. You just have to kind of trust. I've had patients actually have their doctors sign contracts saying they will not go above a certain amount because they like want it to stay within a certain realm. Well, Dr. Coker, um, his contract said, we can discuss this, but at the end of the day, the final decision is going to be up to him, which I, I went into him and I'm like, you know what? You're the expert. I'm, I'm, I'm paying for your expertise. And I wouldn't go to Michelangelo and say, I think you should use these brushes mm-hmm. or, you know, I was really thinking instead of oil paint, I want to use watercolor. I was like, you, you are the expert at this. You do, you. do what you think is right. We've had our conversations before. I've seen the work, do it. Um, so that's interesting, you know, but I think that people have, listen, some people want to be really involved, right? In, in everything that's going on. I'm sure you have certain people who are like, I just want my lip filled. And then there's other people who are like, I want this specific filler um, done in these specific areas. Yes. A lot less of that as people get to know you when they, when you've worked on somebody many times over and over again, and you have a relationship with them, the trust that develops there is so nice because they come in and they say, what do I need? Yeah, and that to me is the ultimate compliment. And it's also how it should be because people have a sense of like, oh, my friend got this amazing cheek filler and I'll look at them and I'll say, but you have amazing bone structure. And if I put cheek filler in you, you're going to look disproportionate. Maybe we should do this or maybe we should do that. And those are my favorite patients are the ones who always say to me, I trust you. You should do what you think is the right thing. In the same way that I joke that like when I go get my teeth cleaned, I'm not like, no, no, that tool. Like, right, right. Know. It's just like, go ahead. Expertise. Right, exactly. No, I totally um, agree with you that you should let your experts be the experts. You know, speaking of experts, like, do you feel like there was a slowdown? You know, I feel like the beauty industry is always coming up with new innovations and um, there's new technologies and new stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we kind of had a little bit of a setback on new in terms of like cosmetic dermatology? I think that the problem is that there's a lag, meaning from the time that something starts to go through, whether it's clinical trials or FDA approval process, there's always a lag between when it's approved and when it actually comes to market. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that we've seen that slowdown yet. I think that we're going to see that slowdown, but the things that had gone through early stages of trials or FDA approvals, have still been approved. Like we had a new cellulite injectable approved last week. And so 
the idea that there is this new injectable treatment that's going to dissolve fibrous bands in cellulite is extremely exciting. It's not going to be market available until early 2021, but the fact that it exists is pre-COVID. I mean, you know that like people right now are like, excuse me, what? Have you seen <laughs> anything? Like, have you seen any any studies from this? Have you seen any of the clinical data? So the trial data, I was not involved in it, but um, I know a few, I have a few colleagues who were, and um, it, it looks effective. Um, there's not a huge amount of downtime. It's needle injection. So we're not talking, you know, crazy process involved. And I think that we've never really had a product that we could inject into the fibrous bands. The fibrous bands is what causes that dimpling and that retraction of the skin and cellulite. So everyone thinks that it's from the fat bulging out. The fat bulges out because the fibers pull back. And so it allows it to herniate through. But if you can release those fibers, the skin is going to look a lot smoother. So the idea that we now have a new product That's why I'm saying I don't think that we've seen that lull yet. I think that right now we're still getting new stuff, new lasers, new devices. Um, And I think that, who knows, maybe it'll be next year where we kind of see it sort of peter off for a little bit because no one's doing new things in the last four months. Right. I mean, everything's like to vaccine research. But do you think, okay, wait, back on this, because cellulite is such a hard thing to so hard. And they've got what Selfina's out, but it's kind of like, uh, I know that there's like all of these, um, cellulose uh, was an older technology, Selfina. There have been so many things that have tried. Um, and I think that they're saying that this seems to be the new most promising. And there's also, there's no heat involved. It's a very straightforward injection. So and how long is it supposed to last? Well, the idea is that genetically people who are predisposed to cellulite are going to continue to develop fibrous bands. So you sort of inject them as needed. Um, It's not going to, those ones that are injected that are dissolved shouldn't come back in theory. Oh, so it's like dissolving. It's not like a Botox where you're releasing or paralyzing Mm -hmm. the, 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 oh, wow. Okay. In theory, if it's removing or eliminating those bands, it's what we call a collagenase, meaning it's an enzyme that dissolves a very specific type of collagen. Wow. So do you feel like, um, what, cause what is like the Kybella is the under for, mm-hmm. for fat and people are yeah. like, oh, it's non-invasive, but I want to be really clear. Kybella, you develop like this bull frog neck. It's not, right. it's yes. not There's real swelling. It's effective. It works. Um, but I will tell you that I use Kybella a lot more off label than I use it under the chin. So I use it in other areas. Okay. Um, use it like in that little bit of fat that women get like just outside the bra that everyone hates. Um, we use it there. Sometimes they use it a little bit around the knees. If people have a little like fatty pocket, like just <sighs> above a C-section scar, yeah. we really want to focally treat like a little ridge of fat. I like Kybella for that. So these are all off label indications. That's not what it's intended for. But no one cares if they have a little swelling here. You wear a t-shirt instead of a tank top for two weeks. Right. No big deal. It's very Next, hard though. to find two weeks of swelling under here where you're sort of like, oh, I'll just wear a scarf. But you have to do it during turtle. Like that's a must in turtle neck season. So the 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 cellulite treatment, which I, I know wasn't originally our our topic, so I'm, but I feel like this was... I'm sorry, I dropped it. I yeah. love getting the tea <laughs> on, on things. So... Is do you have like ballpark pricing? Do you know like I don't have pricing yet because okay. the, we don't know what the market price of the product will be yet. 
Got it. I don't know how much it's going to cost me. Therefore, I don't know how much I'll be charging for it. Um, But downtime is from the study shows to be relatively minimal. So risk of bruising and some swelling, but nothing dramatic. So it's apparently pretty good. We'll see. I hope it's as good as it it sounds or as it promises to be. Amazing. Is there a name for it yet? Um, It's Quo, Q-W-O. Okay, Quo, like the status quo? I guess, but with a W. I'm not totally sure of origin. I'm not honestly even 100% sure that you pronounce it quo or quo. Like T-W-O is two, but I would say quo if I was going to say Q-W-O. Gotcha. Okay, well, well, when it's out, we're going to bring you back on to tell us all about it. Happy to. Um, So, okay, today's topic, uh, which was supposed to be um, RF microneedling. Mm -hmm. Prior to COVID, it was like, this is hottest thing that everybody can do for prejuvenation. Has anything changed there? Do you feel like you're still loving this? Loving it all the time. Loving it. I mean, honestly, practice hasn't changed that much in four months. If you talk to me four years later, there's always new technology. There's always something new. But there are still a couple devices on the market that are doing this RF microneedling that are changing the game because they do so many things well. Okay, so let's um, wait part. before we talk about that. What is for people at home who might not know what is RF microneedling? So RF microneedling is essentially a device that delivers very tiny, little microscopic, fine needles into the skin, and while the needles are are penetrating through the skin, they are delivering radio frequency heat into the skin. What that does, the radio frequency is it's not laser, it's specific heat energy, and it creates a wound healing response to stimulate collagen production. Right. And the most amazing part of radio frequency to me is that it can be used on all skin types. So right. we so use it on like lasers. It is considered yeah. colorblind. And the okay. idea that we can treat, you know, everywhere, we treat all over the body, we treat the whole face and neck. Um, it's a really diverse and really great treatment because it covers so many different options. So Um, on the face, it's used for skin tightening? Skin tightening and resurfacing. So so on the device that I have, I can determine both the depth that I want the needles to penetrate and the amount of heat energy that I want to deliver at that depth. So if I'm going deeper into the skin, let's say three millimeters into the skin, which doesn't sound far, but it is, um, I'm going to get a lot more deep dermal remodeling and I'm going to get more tightening and firming of the skin. If I'm going to deliver heat energy at a one millimeter or even 0.5 millimeters, I'm going to get pores, fine lines, and more of that superficial textural um, rejuvenation. And what I'm doing the most of is what I call the layer cake approach, where I'm treating deep for tightening medium for firming and collagen stimulation and superficial for texture. Nice. So now on the body, what is it doing? Same the sort same of a- idea, tightening and um, improving skin texture. So treating a lot of sort of upper inner arms where people tend to get that crepiness that, you know, as you age, you tend to see that the collagen breaks down. Um, I'm treating knees where people start to get a little bit of that crepey, um, you know, wrinkled, fine skin over the knees. Um, we treat abdomens post-pregnancy to try and get that very superficial, um, you know, skin texture and also can treat stretch marks with it. How is it like um, in relation to like a body tight? Is body, is it, 
So different body type is actually a probe that goes underneath the skin surface. Right. Um, The microneedling RF is going through the skin. So we are inducing wounds through like serial puncture, I guess is probably the best way to phrase it. Um, And there's different tips. So I can decide if I want to use, you know, 25 needles on a tip where it's a five by five square. So it's a much smaller square, or I can use a 64 needle tip where I'm getting a much larger square. So I can cover either larger surface area, or if I'm treating the body, um, I'm not doing quite as many pulses, you know, it's still hundreds um, of pulses, but it doesn't have to be, you know, thousands of pulses periodically. So let's talk now, you and I have been, had very candid discussions before on all types of devices about, um, you know, managing expectations, right? And and where in the spectrum of um, skin laxity and or crepiness or, um, you know, the need for resurfacing, where, where does this sort of lie? Is it mega results? Is it more of a really prejuvenation? Um, I would probably say this lies in the moderate range, meaning okay. I don't think that if, if you need a facelift, you need a facelift. Right. Um, this is not surgical, but there are a lot of people who are really doing anything within their power to avoid going under the knife. Right. And if that's you, the idea of starting something like this, whether it's in your 30s or 40s or whatever age you are, whatever age you're noticing that early laxity, um, starting it and maintaining it is hopefully at least going to stave off a more major surgical procedure for longer. Total. And, and listen, we're, we know this and the listeners on this podcast, I believe, understand that. Um, like Althera, I know Kristen in your office was like, that is the thing that if I could do it every year, I would. Um, is this... Where, where would you kind of put this in terms of like the prejuvenation of something like an Ulthera? So Ulthera to me is a very specific procedure and it works really well on very specific people. Mm-hmm. And it's to understand that you cannot control your depth very much on therapy. There are three different transducers. There's a four and a half millimeter depth. There's a three millimeter depth and there's a one and a half millimeter depth. Um, and so if you, let's say, so the goal with the four and a half millimeter depth is to target what's called the SMAS, which is the, mm-hmm. um, aponeurosis that essentially separates the deeper muscles from the more superficial fat. If my SMAS is not at four and a half millimeters, I cannot treat there because let's say I have fat at four and a half millimeters. I don't want to deliver ultrasound energy through fat. That's where you get fat loss. Right. And that's where you get people who are doing all therapy by the textbook where they don't look at the image and they're not understanding the anatomy that they're treating. And you get people coming in saying that it actually made their face fall more. Absolutely. Uh, I'm taking ultrasound heat energy and I'm putting it into fat. I'm not creating tightening. That's not a good outcome. So I really, you know, when you're using something like an all therapy, which I happen to think works really well, if it's done by somebody who understands what they're doing, you have to know what you're looking for. Usually at a three millimeter depth, you're in the dermis. And so you're getting more of that superficial skin tightening. And usually if you're at four and a half millimeters, you're getting lifting. So that's going to be more sort of vertical lift. So would you say that you like the microneedling better? I like it better in that it's very very controllable to me. So I can go as deep as a four millimeter depth um, with my microneedles, which is essentially where I am with um, an all therapy. Um, okay. and oftentimes if I'm going to go down to four millimeters, I will use an ultrasound and visualize my layers first to make sure that I'm not in the fat. I don't want to gotcha. treat that. 
All um, right, let's talk, you know, we're talking about doing lots of little puncture wounds. Yeah. What is the pain level on this? It's uncomfortable, but definitely not excruciating. I personally think all therapy is more uncomfortable than this one um, okay. because all therapy is this very odd. You don't feel it on the skin surface. You feel this sort of deep throb from it. Right. Um, and it's very hard to numb away that pain. The microneedling is going, the RF microneedling is going to depend both on the depth that you're taking your needle. So the deeper mm-hmm. you go, the more uncomfortable it is, obviously. And also how much radio frequency energy I'm putting through those needles. So if I decide that someone has zero pain threshold, I can dial my energy way down. Yes, they're not going to get quite as robust of a response, but it's very tolerable. If I know someone is very tolerant or, you know, we pre-medicate or we do, you know, do something to take the edge off. I do a lot of Pronox with, with the secret, with the microneedling RF yeah. because everyone loves that little bit of mellow and you kind of yeah. go there and it wears off in three minutes. So the yeah. idea that I can like, you know, use a little nitrous um, oxygen yeah. combo, take the edge off, not have to give you true medication and you, you know, get through a procedure, no problem is a very nice option. Um, so, so, so yeah, sorry. So what, how it's uncomfortable. Um, and honestly, look, you know, that phrase, no pain, no gain. When it comes to like getting results, a lot of the time is the truth, right? You can't go to the gym once and then expect, you know, your bikini body to be coming out. Um, so can we talk a little bit about like price and how many procedures one might need for something like this? Yeah. So pricing obviously depends on the area that we're treating. Totally. Uh, it's a time intensive treatment, meaning like if I'm doing a, you know, 25 pin microneedling and I'm theoretically treating you at three layers, maybe I'm treating you at two and a half millimeters at one or one and a half millimeters and at 0.5, um, I'm doing a full three passes over your face. So it takes me probably 20, 25 minutes to administer the actual treatment. And that's usually following a period of topical um, anesthetic, which can run anywhere between like 45 and 60 minutes. Um, So pricing, generally, I think for a full face, I would say runs about 15 to 1800. Um, Full face and neck will run anywhere between 1800 and 2500. And it depends who's doing it for you. You know, if you're in a practice where... You know, you have right. a secondary provider doing it for you, you know, whether that's a physician's assistant or in some places estheticians are doing it, which is not totally kosher, but um, obviously it's going to be a slightly less price point. Of course. I mean, no, New York is in a different ballpark, but I always like to just kind of get like the, yeah. the range. And is this something that you need like two or three of to really start to see the results? So yes, typically we try and encourage people to do a series of three sessions because the synergy and sort of the additive effect of doing multiple is really amazing. For my younger patients who are like, I want a little poor pick me up and like a little, you know, overall mild tightening, I will sometimes do one and they'll still be happy with the outcome. For most of my patients who really want tightening and true remodeling, we're really looking at, you know, generally two or three sessions for sure. And then how far would you space those out? Um, I typically space them about six weeks apart. Um, They can be anywhere between four and eight would probably be my ideal sort of frame. Um, But the idea is to get it before the full effect has kicked in so that you're sort of, you know, working from here, you get it up to here, and then you're sort of boosting it up to the next level. 
Oh, amazing. And I, cause I know like with Ulthera, they say it's like one time a year, right? Um, if you're going to do a facelift, your facelift is, is essentially one and done until. Usually we say 10 years. 10, 10 years. Is that. Uh, Some people uh, are 15. It really depends on how much lift you get, how yeah. natural of a facelift you want. Um, most people don't want to come out and like a month later, look like a totally different human. Exactly. Right. <laughs> that like blown look is no longer in vogue. So I feel like no. we moved away from that a little while ago. And then so much of it depends on how, you know, your, your lifestyle, right? So if you're not wearing sunscreen, God forbid you're smoking, you know, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not a healthy, active person, um, it's going to show in your skin first. So absolutely. Um, yeah. thank you so much, by the way, for coming on to kind of talk about this, to fill in some new, neat, new, new devices that we can be looking for, for cellulite. And, um, for the RF microneedling, like who would you say is the perfect candidate? I generally think that people who are starting to see laxity in their skin. So everyone that happens for different people at different times, but I would probably say, you know, from mid to late thirties at sort of the earlier end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. through probably even mid to late fifties, depending on the person. So somebody who's had annual oil therapy for the last eight years and wants a little bit more superficial tightening, a little bit more textural improvement still is going to do great. I'm treating a lot of women who are 55 through 60 um, and often combining it with either um, PRP. um, So we're doing a combination RF microneedling with platelet rich plasma to really even further Mm -hmm. boost um, and then again, people who don't want to go under the knife, I think that often I've combined all therapy with this, with the RF microneedling, um, to really give that lifting plus tightening. So a nice wide range of candidates. A lovely things that we can do to kind of help stave off that eventual facelift. Exactly. And you know what they say about the fifties, fifties is the new fabulous. So thank you. Thank you for helping us feel that way. <laughs> um, people, always my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Dr. Weiser, if people want to find you, if they want to come in and, and visit you, what's the best way to contact you? Um, my website is relatively easy. Um, I can also, I'm happy to give a phone number, but my website is just weiserskin.com, W-E-I-S-E-R skin.com. Um, there's a direct link on there to submit an um, appointment request, or there's also a lot, um, a lot of information about all the different procedures that we offer in the office. Um, and I always say that, you know, I try and keep everything really natural and really fresh. So, um, I mean, you're, feel like your office is stunning. And I got to say, I love your Instagram too. I really, really do. Very informative. Um, Thank you again for being with us. And of course, if anybody wants more information, you can always write to us. Hello at ArtBD Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at ArtBD Podcast. And of course, here on YouTube. And as always, we will see you next Tuesday.